jumped over cliffs in the name of revolution, who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born. I say to you, I know your greatness, the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact, and in fact, I know it best when I say to you, I love you. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! No, it's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Hey, distinguished guests, welcome to LWA FLM OIT. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me once again, ready to talk about this year. Well, my God. Well, this is our special year end show. First off, Carl, I haven't seen you all year. Yeah, I haven't seen you since last year. It's been yeah. that long. You said I was going to see you next year, and I'm like, geez. Uh, well, we're back. Last week, we had a special show. Our show, welcome. Our show is, uh, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube and uh, at the same t- in real time, and you watch the movie with us and listen to the podcast at the same time. We are on mutinyradio.fm. First and foremost, every Sunday, 2 p.m., what a fantastic internet radio station it is. A lot of great shows, stationed by none other than Pam Benjamin, who was our celebrity comedian last week. That was, that was a really good interview. A couple weeks ago, Carl. It was uh, a couple I, weeks ago. Carl, uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm here with Carl. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl, gosh, Carl, you did everything, including interview Pam, and it was a good interview. I never, yeah. I don't know those interviews, so I listened to it on the show myself. We are very excited. We did this last year. We're going to do this again. So last year in 2021, we saw, I don't know, 50 movies. And these are all movies that are available on YouTube. If you go to our archive, which is on mutinyradio.fm, we are part of iTunes. Huh? How did we pull that off? But you'll notice our shows, like most Mutiny Radio shows, are listed by the date it airs on Mutiny Radio. It doesn't give you a heads up which movie is happening. So this is kind of a primer. We're going to tell you the movies... Yeah. Because we watched a lot of great movies, a lot of variety movies, uh, a lot of movies. Yeah. And uh, we want to uh, celebrate, just talk about it, and then uh, just let you know, like, if you're interested in this movie, you could watch it on YouTube. If you're interested in us and the podcast, we will tell you the date. And actually, we're going to, at the end of the show, probably list them. So, but yeah. speaking of, so this is going to be a big show. So let's get started, Carl. January 3, 2021, we were watching Playing for Keeps. I had to ask you before the show, what the hell was that movie? And then, yeah. unfortunately, you told me the answer. 
Yeah, it's Harvey Weinstein. It was written and directed by the brothers, Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Bob and Harvey Weinstein. And it was Miramax, but it was at the time of Miramax before they were bought by Disney and became a mega. I mean, they were. Oh, it's before a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I read a biography on uh, on Miramax, uh, and it was none of the sexual stuff was kind of revealed in the book, but that was an early movie for them. And well, one of the earliest known episodes of sexual harassment by producer Harvey Weinstein happened during pre-production. And I remember talking to you about the story. You know, he uh, had some girl lured her with like, you can be an actress in the film, you can audition got her to his hotel room, and then wanted to take a bath with her. <laughs> Marissa Torme was in it, right? Yeah, she was great in it. So, I mean, she was in it. Yeah, she played her role. She did her job. Yeah. But also, there was Jimmy Bayo, who's the cousin of the actor Scott Bayo. And he was also in Bad News Bears uh, Spring Training. He was like the Italian. You remember Carmen? He was Carmen because I'm they played the song Carmen. Yeah. Yeah, no relation to Scott Bayo, I think cousin, right? Cousin. Yeah, he's yeah. a cousin. So look, what did you think of the film? Uh, it's a curio. Was, he got a lease, right? He was a nowhere kid. He got a lease for a rundown hotel. So he gets all his friends and they go clean it up and turn it right. into a... Yeah. Well, and this is not, this is one of two kids uh, redo a hotel bar type of uh, movie we saw in January. Uh you know what? It, it's a trivia question, and you have the opportunity to see it. Uh, you see some prisoners movie that he did, Bob. So you know, it's a curiosity. Uh, moving forward, can we? On January tenth, we watched America three thousand. Now, do we cover this? Because this was a repeat. With originally when that aired and aired about three years ago, uh, it was garbled, and uh, Carl cleaned it up. And just because it was the start of the year, we played that episode. So it's an old canon Golden Globus movie. In the future? Yeah, uh, it's one of the 1980s, like, post-apocalyptic film, like, Escape from New York, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So, like, B-films cashed in on that. You know, you always see that stereotype of... I, I had the poster. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in college. I had it on my wall. A president or something. Remember that? Yeah, so I didn't even see it until this show. So I just knew the image. Now, there's uh, the Golan... Uh, the Israeli Golden Globus, yeah, Globus, yeah, yeah the, it was those guys, the Israelis. Yeah, we should mention the Israelis, our Golden Globus and uh, Canon Films, and uh, we'll be hearing more about Canon Films. Did you enjoy the film, America Three Thousand? Uh, no, it was boring. It was one okay. of those sandals and laser beam uh, uh, specials in the woods where there's some sexy ladies and sexy guys, and it's dull as dishwater. I, yeah. I, I was the poster but was it's much fun better. To watch on our show, we oh, really we were great, and it was an encore presentation. Now with clarability. February seventeen, we watched rented lit. We watched rented lips. Nineteen eighty eight. Yes, and this is one of the many Robert Downey Sr., R.I.P., yeah. but he actually uh, directed a lot of great movies. One movie we love, Courtney Which, Swoop, right? Was that that Francis, right? Courtney Swoop. Yeah, that was a good movie. It was we, right. What'd you think of Rented Lips? This is a later film, and actually Robert Downey Jr. is the star. He's trying to, I guess it's like, it's a movie about movies, and they're trying to make a, a porn movie. And At there's the some, same time as they're trying to make this uh, documentary thing they're they're sneaking a porn film yeah oh that was fine martin mole martin mole was in it yeah no he i mean it's funny hero and jennifer tilly 
Yeah. Um, and look, Kenneth Mars was in it. Now he's that guy for in our Donnie and Marie going coconuts. He's that guy who played in uh, in Young Frankenstein as the. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in it. Um, remember, he played a reverend and. Okay, the only other thing is June Lockhart was in it, you know. Oh, great. From uh, Leave it the Beaver? Well, lo- yeah, and Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Um, the, the house in the film was the same house they used for Christmas Story. Oh. Is that interesting? Well, by the way, may I be the first one in 2022 to wish you, Carl, a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. December Merry Christmas. Merry 2022. Christmas. Yeah. Well, Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Oh, excuse me. Oh, all right. It was fine. It was, it was one of the, uh, it was good. It was a very professionally done Robert Downey senior movie. Uh, it was, it was was super produced and it was funny, but you know, it depends on your patience on films about films. Maybe some people tire of that. They don't want to see the writer talk about writing. Okay. January 24 of 2021 we watched the morning after oh it's it's gotta be there's gotta be a morning after it's gotta be the morning after that's 1986 that's a big hollywood movie just sitting on youtube game fonda jeff bridges Bridges. Mm -hmm. well for a couple minutes right who's the body is it jeff bridges who's the what the body. This is like the flight attendant. She she sleeps around and then she wakes. Okay. She sleeps with someone. And- with that guy, there was a guy who was like both a porno guy and an exercise video guy. She woke up in his her his bed, uh, not remembering the night before, and he was dead. Remember, she got up and she was like, "Oh, it's ketchup! Ew, yuck! There's all ketchup on." Oh my god! Who poured ketchup on my bed? <laughs> Raul Julia was like the ex-husband who was still a friend. Uh, Jeff Bridges helped her out and sort of followed her on. She was an ex-actress, uh, you know, an ex-star. And this was Cindy Lumet, right, who directed it. It was a decent movie. Oh, James Karen's in it that. It was Sydney, Sydney Lumet who yeah. did the verdict. Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. When it, he's done great stuff. Uh, yeah, this was a good movie. I was just surprised to see it pop up on YouTube. Now, the best thing to me about this episode was the celebrity comedian countdown with Anthony Quinn. Oh, yes, your buddy Anthony. from New Jersey's own, Anthony Quinn. That's that right. was great. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen more. Late night with Anthony Quinn. I, I'm on bed by seven. Oh, okay, darn. All right. Uh, the next, we on January 31, we, assuming you have nothing more to say about that film, no, right. no, keep going. Yeah, I want to. Okay. This this film is is the movie of the month. Bring we it on. Watch the Zoo Gang in '85. Yes, movie of the month of January. Mike's favorite movie of, that we saw in January. Now you corrected me. I said it was the first film to earn a PG-13 rating, but you corrected me. Well, yeah, it was. Well, it was supposed to be Dreamscape, and then Red Dawn came out before Dreamscape, yeah. and I, that became technically the first uh, PGR. But you were saying that this film was in production and got the rating. So it was the, the first MGAA movie. The to... AA board gave it its rating. It was the first film to ever get a rating. And it got, it was... no, no, to get the PG-13 rating. Right. That was brand new and fresh. They only showed two sets of tits in that movie. <laughs> right. To keep now, it, otherwise it was R. No, it was R. No, like I saw this R movie once and there was like 57 tits. Okay, so <laughs> Ben Vereen was in it. 
writing yeah. the old wrestler this is another like young idea like white guys who are gonna open up a club like right. uh the the weinstein movie but this one they're much younger they're kids and kids like there's no parents they're carl oh there you are uh there's no parents there's like uh yeah. No they care. have money. Bedverine, who was is good in this movie, mm -hmm. he he plays like the guy who owns the club, but he's kind of desolate and homeless and lives in a trailer in the parking lot and could right. take and over the club. Really own it, yeah. That's no, right. he doesn't own it. But then the best part of this movie is uh, Rorschach, that guy, uh, 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 Harley. You know the one from Bad News Bears. Yeah, but didn't you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, was is it Skippy? Mark Price? Yeah, Mark Price, who's always known. He's a comedian. He's still around. Uh, I got to do a Zoom show with him, but ah. uh, he's, he's best known, as they say, as the role of Skippy on Family Ties. And he right. uses that. You know, he's Mark Skippy Price. But he's in this movie. This is a non-Family Tie adventure for him. And you know, he's young, and and the movie is unrealistic and it's wish yeah. fulfillment, and it's really wish fulfillment. Right. The kids, the. The, the bar sells hot dogs. Remember right. that? Like they have a big hot dog. It's like what yeah. kids want. So I don't know. And, and, and the kids get get back at the, you know, the bullies. Uh, yeah. It is a self-fulfillment. Okay. Then we move on to February. And I right. think this might be my favorite movie of the year. We saw on February 7, Going Bananas. <laughs> I, I There's no spoilers here. This is my favorite movie of 2001 that we saw going bananas going this is bananas. the best movie i've seen and there's terrible stereotypes in this film and there's yeah. terrible uh you know stunts that they don't do anymore this like uh getting a scorpion on your cheek <laughs> oh right? what about that little boy who is like uh, swinging and yeah. he falls yeah then the tarantulas come on his cheek yeah yeah tarantulas oh. or yeah i think it was well um, I think that guy eating the onion to look tough, to look like he was crazy, remember? He was yeah. the bard. Now, this was Dom DeLuise and Jimmy Walker, and right. it was so stupid. And also, the uh, it's a it's a kind of a young boy adventure. It's a young white boy in Africa film. But to mm -hmm. be fair, this is another Golden Globus film. Any country, their film productions were in the 80s, were always kind of had the skewed warpness to it. So, and unfortunately, you see it here. There's a witch doctor, but he's a dentist. Right. Uh, but so he has a young ward. It's the son the, the, uh, from over the yeah, top. Ward. That's the word yeah. he used. Yeah. So this congressman wants his boy to go to Africa. Yeah. And Dom DeLuise is his concierge who's going to follow him around. And Dom DeLuise is amazing in this yeah. movie. Just yeah, he is. No hold bars. And they meet Jimmy Walker, who acts you know like and he's good in it he plays he plays it straight well yeah but he does he is just like i'm going to be my own i'm going to be a stereotype it wasn't it's not like an african-american from america it is a from america right it, he played in all the stereotypes of the african guy right you know and then then the film dissolves into a circus where they're like jumping on uh to escape people they're not they jump off the trampoline and land on horses so yeah, it all well, just dissolves yeah. Now, remember Deep Roy. Yeah, so Deep Roy from uh, one of the worst movies I've seen, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> who played the Oompa Loompa. Uh, this is one of his first roles. And if you watch that canon documentary, Electric Boogaloo, uh, they talk about it. But he, he, he was just dressed up in a gorilla suit. Right. And so he basically, yeah, so they go, they go to Safari. There's some beautiful sock footage. And then they meet up with uh, a gorilla. And this is based yeah. on an Israeli children's uh, series. And I actually watched the Israeli TV children's show where there's a guy dressed up as a monkey in suspenders. Mm -hmm. he, he lives in a family house. It's like a sitcom. So this, this definitely has its roots. But 
I think they call him Bonzo or what was it? no it was yeah, Bonzo yeah it's yeah they a, call him Bonzo it was Reagan era yeah in Hippenard so they uh, meet Bongo and he, he talks he actually yeah. talks do you remember Pink Panthers uh, the the Herbert Lom was in yes it of course here since we're on video <laughs> yeah he shoots his finger off all the time yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so it's a monkey and he he learns to talk and one of his first words banana is banana yeah okay so what you got to do you got to go to our youtube channel because we're going to play for you our clip of bananas stop saying banana L-W-A-F-L-F-O-Y-T. This is amazing. This is like quality video. Yes, this is our YouTube channel. You can find us on our podcast is by the acronym that we brought up, mentioned up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, as well as our YouTube channel. Okay, now an hour into this movie, they finally get to the point of this film. He's going to teach the monkey how to talk. That's weird. That is very very late that breaks a lot of movie rules and these guys made like 50 movies a year they should know yeah, better yeah, yeah they don't know they blessfully didn't know so he's saying like i'll give you this banana if you say the word banana and you know jimmy and uh, the boy is like come on dom that's cruel just give the fucker the banana he's like no he's gotta learn how to say it. yeah speak the word banana but you still won't give it to him all right, there we go. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Again, we all know that was going to happen. It's just the response is great. Ah, finally. It's late. So Everyone's we're all going to sleep on the hay in prison. Look at this. They have fucking flame torches and skulls. And yeah. these four guys are chained. Like, their arm, this guy's arm has been chained up there all, all throughout this. You know, Did these guys sleep hmm. in the hay? Those bars are so thick that I think that little kid could actually squeeze through. I think Rob Deep could Deep Rob could go in there. Oh. Yeah, I'm not really into that. I know why you're waking me up, and the answer is no. <laughs> oh, gee. I think Mamba Zamba Land. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, you know, it's in the description. If you hold the video cassette box in your hand, which I've done in my lifetime, it'll say, like, they tripped to Mama Zamba Land. Is he going to okay. say banana now? No, no, but he's going to tease him. He goes, okay, say banana. And he's like, fuck you, give me that fucking banana. The kid's like, I'm going to fall asleep, but before I do. Banana Bonzo. Bonzo. Banana Bonzo. We know Bonzo. That was the movie that Ronald Reagan was in. Bedtime uh, for Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo. And that was his nickname. And this movie is like 87, like peak Reagan. Right. No, they yeah. obviously did it for that reason. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I wouldn't say it was his nickname. It was his name. Yeah, but if you said Bond, President, well, if you said Bond, it's like saying, like, I don't know. Oh, you mean it was the or, nickname for Reagan, like Bonzo goes yeah. to uh, Blitzburg, Pittsburgh. Yeah. What Pittsburgh was it? 
Bonzo goes to the, I saw it on my TV. <laughs> Is he saying banana now? Yeah. And now we get into this weird thing where Dom DeLuise thinks it's his black friend saying it. Whoa, he really said it. Yeah. And they, but Dom DeLuise is like, uh, Jimmy, will you please be quiet? Stop saying banana. Yeah. I wasn't saying it. I know. Stop saying banana. Stop saying banana. (laughs) He's got, they're playing tired. He's sleeping. Right. He's He's a great actor. He's got his hat over his head, (laughs) his eyes. Banana. Oh, for the last time. Yeah. Oh, will you stop? You would you stop saying banana? Banana. Well, if you're not saying banana, and, and I'm you're not, not saying, <laughs> and you're not saying, then it's gotta be Ben. Ben, stop saying banana. Well, I'm not saying. It. Well, if you're not saying it, and he's not saying it, and I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> What about the chained up guys? Chained up guys, let me sleep. You let me stop saying banana. Humana, humana, humana. Banana! banana. Whoa, banana. (laughs) Okay, here, raise the volume. This is what I'm talking about, Dom Delavie's acting. All right, so... You hear it. So he's going to say, he's going to ask him a question where the answer is obviously banana. And the way he sets it up is so funny. (laughs) Yay, celebrate. Like this reaction. Okay, here comes the best part. He goes, goes, what do you put in your cereal in the morning? Banana. (laughs) Whoa. But check out Tom's face. Hey, look at him. He's like egging him on. What if the answer to this is banana? Look, his eyes open. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> it's like he won he the should have deserved an Oscar. It, to set up the scene, that we should have set it up beforehand. They're in prison. There are guys chained to the wall, just black extras, just because it's canon films. They got them chained to the wall, and they're sleeping. And uh, Bonzo says banana, but Dom DeLuise keeps turning to Jimmy Walker and saying, Please, will you please stop saying banana? And then when they actually question him, they, yeah. So anyway, that's great. So movie of the year. Let's keep going. Okay, so speaking of Bonzo, on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2021, we watched Bonzo Goes to College, 1952. A sequel. Right. Who knew? But it really wasn't a sequel, right? It was a standalone film. Reagan refused to do it because the premise was ridiculous. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it opened in the beginning and he was at a, um, a car? He was a carny, remember? Yeah, right. And oh, the movie is stupid as fuck. Yeah. It is just like this 1950s. They have these like guys, rejects from uh, Abner Costello TV show. They're like hanging around and like, yeah, you can make money off Dish Monkey. And <laughs> they do. And it's just very far-fetched. The one thing I would say is that the original movie was directed by Freddie DeCorvia, Corvia, who was the yeah. longtime producer and name recognizer on the Johnny Carson show. Like, so, right. yeah. That, he that's made amazing. this film, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't direct this. Yeah. It's all right. You know, whatever. It's weird that there's a okay, sequel to well, Bonzo. Um, the mother of Mia Farrow, Maureen Sullivan, is in it. 
Maureen, Mia Farrow's mom. And do you remember uh, the granny on the Beverly Hillbilly? She was the maid, Irene Ryan. I really hate the Beverly Hillbillies, but yes, I do remember. Remember, and I would tell the story about how she was a chain smoker. She'd even write things in vaudeville for herself that involved smokers. She could smoke. Right. Well, that's me on stage. I'm like, hey, uh, for my next bit, I'm going to get high on stage. It's, <laughs> it's for the joke. All right. Yeah. I, I have nothing else to say. It's well, on I YouTube. Do. Okay. You remember Chris Pringle from Miracle on 34th Street? He was in this. The big fat guy with the beard? Yeah. Well, he didn't have a beard in this. He was the coach and he was the yeah. grandfather. That's right. There's a coach. This is another monkey uh, animal movie has to play college sports. Now, like, we mentioned June Lockhart, right? Yeah. June Lockhart's mother is in this. Ooh. Is that interesting? I guess. Isn't June Lockhart? Uh, I think she shows up in another movie that we did last year. Well, Maureen O'Sullivan will show up in a movie later this year. All right. That's what and, I'm thinking of. Okay. 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 Yeah. So on February 21, uh, the day my father died, on February 21, 21, we watched The Clash of the Wolves, 1925. Yeah. I should preface this to say that uh, public domain is now happening again in the United States. This is, and it started during the Trump quietly back in the Trump administration, a lot of corporations had tried to push against the uh, public domain and they right, put a like moratorium Disney. on it. Like Disney, they don't really want Mickey Mouse to go into public domain, but it's usually been after 80 years. So we, uh, in 2011, uh, Library of Congress or whoever does it, I know I'm drinking Gatorade on a video, uh, but gotta get my electrolytes. So we, uh, last year in yeah. 2000, we, they, they put a bunch of movies in the public domain and a lot of them were on YouTube. Yeah. So we spent like a couple of weeks doing it and Peter we did Pan. that. Peter Pan was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so this year we watched a bunch of movies uh, that just got into the public domain in the United States, starting with Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. yeah. And what was the, the one, uh, the untouchables, the, uh, not the untouchables, um, they were at a shipyard and then they they traveled yeah yeah it'll, it'll come to me that was in this okay. that was two years ago right yeah yeah uh, this is rinton tin it was in the high sierra in eastern california which is famous for the joshua tree hmm. um my old roommate was, <clears throat> my old roommate Joshua was your oh Mr. Joshua Tree. Yeah. Rintintin was a male German shepherd who was an international star. Okay, he was rescued from World War One battlefield by American soldier Lee Duncan, who nicknamed him Rinty. Duncan trained Rintintin obtained to obtain silent work, silent film work for the dog. I don't know. It was I. It was pretty cool watching the, these fight scenes with a uh, dog and like human. This is before, like they say, no animals were harmed in the making of this film right, or humans. Right. But it was an interesting film. It was about, uh, what was it, jump claimers? What was that term? Uh, yeah, claim? so, right. Fake hoppers. He didn't find gold. He found some other valuable metal that is used for like manufacturing or something and yeah and he staked his claim and like you said whatever stake they are claim, jumpers, yeah, claim. Yeah, yeah right claim jumpers the, the pizza is named after the frozen pizza 
And there was the comedic actor in it who was horrible. Guy was uh, trying to steal from the. It was totally all over. There was definitely like this was a survival thing. It was a pretty cool movie. I don't know, but he was definitely like just pretty broad. Yeah, For I liked him too. It was cool to see the culture, but it wasn't a well written film at all. Right. Mm. All right. Oh. See if they get Rin Tin Tin fight a man. That's really cool. Yeah, you definitely see that. That's for yeah. sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know. There's that one scene in which it's all windy and there, everything's drama. It's uh, and it came out from 1925. So gosh, yeah. Okay, so February 28th, my birthday. We watched huh. Seven Chances, 1925. Carl, I'm sorry for that year. Where you're okay, uh, yeah, and th that was um, I always get them confused. Buster Keenan, Buster Keenan. I always, I actually, I remember on the show going over and over saying, Next week we have Harold Lloyd in Seven Chances. <laughs> Seven Chances is like one of my favorite movies, and yeah. I, I feel like, and I like Harold Lloyd, so I always connect the two, but it's definitely Buster Keenan. He is, uh, and it was made into a Chris O'Donnell movie, if you remember from San Francisco, yeah, uh, yeah. He has to, to get his inheritance, he has to marry by the end of the day. So he's running around town, and it's not one of those silent movies in the country. It's a city, and you get to see people in the 20s, and he's trying to hit. And there's some crazy racist and anti-Semitic jokes. That I thought the anti-Semitic joke was pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> it's basically, he is, he's... He's stalking women. He's like following them, and he's going to ask to marry, and they'll be rich if they do. And he sees this pretty woman walks up, and he's about to ask her, and she opens up the newspaper, and it's, it has Hebrew on it, and he walks away. <laughs> and there's another one where he turns around and sees the woman is black, and he walks yeah, away. And yeah, he walks away. and there's a lot of blackface in this movie. Now it's this like is his buddies. Now this is one of your favorite films, but it is not one of Buster Keaton's favorite films. It's his least favorite film. This is interesting. Remember the boulders in the end? Yeah, you've mentioned he added that on, but it's like this death-defying feats of like running past boulders and shit like that. Yeah. That made that's like a big deal. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. We gotta kill time. Throw some boulders on me. Well, he went to a preview and he saw that that okay, he did in the preview knock over a boulder and it rolled and he topped. You know, like it, and he got it got a huge laugh in the preview. So that's when he he made paper mache rocks. Sometimes they actually bounce off them. You can see they're fake, but it's very good visual scene. Yeah, definitely. He didn't dislike the film, but thought the tumbling rock scene saved it. Huh. Um, yeah. Okay. On March seventh. We had the anniversary, the the there was the anniversary of the festival, the Commutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's right. It was in the heart of the pandemic when we aired, uh, we finally aired our show. Uh, it happened in March of 20. Carl came up to San Francisco and we did it live. And yeah. this was actually a bunch of comedians and we watched San Francisco related shorts. I would just say go to iTunes, go find our March 7th episode 2021 and just listen to the episode yourself. This guide is for the movies and, and the dates, but it's a really good episode. It's chaotic. It's different style. And you really get to see Carl and me live uh, hear us uh, with a bunch of great comics who I'd never remember. So but they're there. <laughs> we watched on March 14th, 2021. We watched King of the Mountain. Yeah. And it's a great movie. But the thing is, from this movie, you fell in love with this director, Noel Nosek. 
and we would go on to watch two more of his films. Yeah, that's regrettable. Uh, this guy, uh, the director, what's his name again, sir? Noel Nosek. By the way, this is how old New Jersey guys hang out with the uh, e-vapes and Gatorade. Uh, yeah, the, he, the three different movies we watched uh, are different theme altogether and maybe a little tonally different. Like this one's like a, it's a drama and it's basically guys racing around Mulholland Drive. And yeah, it, it was drunk a real Dennis thing. Hopper. Yeah. Very drunk Dennis Hopper. Yeah. So it's it's good. You know, it's a, it's a good pot boiler. Uh, I recommend it. Now, Harry Hamlin was in it, right? I remember yes. we were making fun of it, like he Botoxed his face or something. Like he has no facial expressions, remember? Yeah, he is a weird-looking dude. Especially in the early 80s. How about that? Yes. And he he was uh, Clash of the Titans, mm -hmm. right? Now, Dennis Hopper, you're, he was drinking and drugging throughout the film. Remember, he's got those scenes in which he talks crazy, right? But it's scary. Yeah, I mean, it's scary because you were saying that he was actually drunk when the racing scenes, when he's in the car. Okay, there's this one incident in which he took a six-pack of beer, put it in his car, and they had cameras, you know, because they were they were supposed to film. Yeah. So he took off Mulholland Drive, and he went away for like an hour, hour and a half. Not the, you know, it was 15 minutes of footage. The shit had stopped, and he just kept going. And when he came back, the six-pack was empty. All the cans were in his... Uh, nice. Well, you know, he's... Just an even evenly stroll down the drive. So yeah, I would recommend it. Uh don't go away. I'm here. <laughs> Grizzly Adams was in it. The the Is animal? That interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean uh I'm... Dan Haggerty, he was Grizzly Adams. And the funniest thing ever about him is once his beard caught on fire in his one of the restaurants he owned because some lady was carrying a flaming cocktail. Oh, his yeah. and his beard went. Yes. Oh, was he one of those celebrities that had his own restaurant chain? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Love. It. Um. I oh, I already told you the story about. Uh, okay, so it was based on an article by David Barry that was published in the Los Angeles Times Thunder Road. Uh, 1978 article, New West Magazine by David Barry, also titled Thunder Road. And so it was a real thing. Guys would race Mulholland Drive. Now, there was a whole subplot about music, remember? Yeah, that's right. And I was- yeah, that's right, because, yeah. because it, was, uh, it took place in the, in the hills, Hollywood Hills, where there it, was it a real was music scene. Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, yeah, right, of course. So my, my heart, years, I was just thinking of that. In my years in Los Angeles, you know, uh -huh. I know that Mulholland Drive snakes straight through the canyon. That's what we used to call it. You know, back in the day, the canyon. Oh, yeah, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah and so they have a lot of musician pads and We're nice houses. Yeah. Right, there's a whole music pod oh. in there. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sick of this movie already. Okay. In, okay, so Mike got the Noel Nussick bug. I did, because March... his films are so different and weird. Yeah. March 21, the first day of spring now. Uh-huh. March 21, 21, we watched Las Vegas Lady, 1975. Oh, so, uh, yeah, man. I love that movie. Directed by Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. Starring now, Stella Stevens. Yes, it did. And it, it was like a, they were sort of like hired to do a heist. And remember, it was ridiculous. Why would they give the guy the money? Just heist well, the money. Yeah. 
this guy, like a Charlie Angel guy, who's right. like, hey, angels, here's your mission. Steal a million dollars and you get to keep and 100 give it. Right, right. Yeah. He, there isn't even a, he's not even a participant. He doesn't lift a finger. No, no, no. He, he got the tip and they get a cut. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy in it named Jack Gordon. Okay. And I, that's the same name of the guy who married Latoya Jackson. Remember? So I was trying to look at his face. You know, his IMDB says nothing about Latoya Jackson, you see. And then I went and Googled him to see what movies he was in, if any. I think it, it's this. If you look at the picture, it, you know, watch him in the film. I think it's the same guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I do. I do. He's kind Remember of. Remember the Maytag repair man? The Gordon Jump? He was in it. Um, oh. Jesse, no. Jesse White played a guy named Big Jake, and he was that guy in the commercials for Maytag. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more of a Gordon Jump new guy kind of person. That was before my time. Okay, Mike, I want you to take over, and you can be the one. I mean, I'm doing a lot of effort here. Yeah, okay. Hey, why don't you take a breath? Oh, wait. Okay, throw it away. So, Los Angeles, so one thing I like about that movie, are you tossing that up? I thought it was good. It was a good heist. The criminals were kind of vile. Remember, like the criminals, like I want you to kill him, and the guy is like his employer. Like, yeah. It's, like yeah, he's the boss, and his uh, like yeah, yeah but it, uh, in charge of a casino. Remember, he slapped the guy. Yeah, like, and it he was, was like quit the next day. Now this was like we saw a Pia Zazora movie, uh, Fake Out, where it said starring the MGM Grand as itself or whatever. It got right. its own credit, and this was the same deal. It was Circus Circus, but. Right. I think it was a, another hotel. Uh, You're right. Circus yeah. Circus. Was it Circus Circus that got the, the opening credit? No, I, think uh, it was I don't remember that. Part, it was a different. It's... Yeah, so it's in there. So it's an interesting movie. It's basically, I don't know, the guy who, who was hanging out with them was the one mastermind behind it. Right. It's, it's pretty, the love yeah. interest. Now, at the end, this was a bad movie. It was. It didn't make yeah, sense in the it real didn't make world. Sense. And there but, was, it was a sadistic little film, too. You got to the end, right? And all of a sudden, for the last five minutes, it turns into a good film. Do you remember that? He's got the girl. He's got, I'm going to shoot her if you don't give me the whatever. Remember? And so yeah. our hero goes, shoot her then. <laughs> I could care less about this broad, you know? And she's like, what? You know? And I, I remember, I forget, you know, he lost his nerve because he's like, what do you mean, killer? Because that was his bargaining chip, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so he sort of shrinks away and, and he, uh, our hero gets the best of him, you know, and then there's this funny exchange. What do you mean? You know, I was just kidding, baby. You know, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> it, it became a good film in the last five minutes. I don't know. I mean, there was, it, it was also practical effects or climbing up uh, casino walls outside. You know, the, yeah, she yeah. Was the, that so, was her role. So if you like Ocean's Eleven films, this is definitely uh, something to check out. And Stella Stevens is really good in it. I, I, I like her a lot in it. No? Okay. I, I don't stand corrected. She's great. Okay. She's, if you yeah. like Ocean's Eleven's films... Las Vegas Lady is, should be avoided. This is a film. 
like Lost, like Ocean's Eleven, it has a beginning right. and end. Yeah. Imagine if Ocean's Eleven was like really just like bad and you didn't believe it and stuff. Remember they met at the the a Wild West uh, meet. That's yeah. There's like a little yeah, a Wild West in Las Vegas, and that's that's the hero, and he actually looks like the Rifleman at times. But the thing is, you remember she gets she accesses the hotel room, and and the other woman's all stuck inside, hiding. Yeah. And then the woman scales and comes through the window. But the thing is, if she had access to go right into the room, why did the lady need to scale up the building? You see, because well, I'm 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 visioning it because he climbs she climbs up and once she's in the room, she's she knocks on the door and the, the woman outside the hallway opens the door for her. It's like, thanks for coming in. Yeah, well, they get in there and then they're like one of the girls is like pretending to be like a hostess uh, to the villain and they're really cruel to her. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, I don't know. So it's definitely uh, so you go from racing. This movie came before King of the Mountain. So he went from like heist Vegas heist movie yeah, yeah, to yeah. Mahalan Drive, Laurel Heights. Well, uh, he Laurel was Canyon. getting better. Yeah. All right. Well, a little cliffhanger. We got another one of his films coming down the line. Uh -huh. The next milk uh, movie we did on March 28th. It was from 1987. It's a really strange film called Stranded. Right. So from the title, you go, oh, man, those poor bums. But it's basically <laughs> like aliens landing on yeah. Earth. And right. one of the aliens is played by Flea. Yeah. This is an actor, Flea. I just saw another 1986 movie with him, Tough Guys. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing. And like uh, it's the one with Kirk. Ke uh, oh, fuck, you know this movie. It's there. Uh, anyway, it's Burke Lancaster. And Can I see uh, it? no, don't, don't. Right. You'll see it on cable. You know what I mean? It's always plays on cable. But it had like Halel, uh, the original band member from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Anyway, uh -huh. getting back to Stranded, <laughs> it's a really strange film. It's like a family yeah. in a house and they're getting like premonitions, but the aliens arrive. Uh, and also by Strange, I mean, I don't, who cares? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's our review. We got to keep we, moving on. No, oh, yes, sir. Well, there's so much more. You didn't even mention Iona Sky. Right, and... Iona Sky is in it. <laughs> right. Right. No, but she Flea introduced Iona Sky to uh that dude she dated who Brendan he uh Flea was the one who introduced her to the red hot chili peppers guy who was like on drugs just before she ma married Adrock. Oh, that's right. Yes, you married Adrock. Are you talking about not Hillel, the one who passed away? I think. Right. Was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, it, okay. Yeah, it was Anthony Kiedis, yeah. twenty-four years old and fresh out of rehab. He became Sky's first boyfriend until eighty-nine for two years. She left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Okay, oh. that's yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait. No, and no, no, he was a drug addict. And he, okay, so Maureen O'Sullivan was in this, also the mother of, you know, from Bonzo Goes to College, Mia Farrah's mother. Um, she had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said, Sci fi is nothing I've never done. Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role. Uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay, you're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton, remember? Yeah, that's Peter right, Joe Peter? Morton, yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. 
Yeah, and the, he he uh he I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an oh, FBI yeah. agent, and oh, he yeah. he really he like he gave it some some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, "I'm all in. I'm in a movie." I'm going to give you a performance. And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, again, Flea just smiling as a, like, mutant. Monkey alien. boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their pet or something. Yeah. Right. Was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, it, okay, yeah. It was Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. 24 years old and fresh out of rehab, he became Sky's first boyfriend until 89 for two years. She left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Okay. Oh. That's, yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait. No, and no. <laughs> no, he was a drug addict. and he, Okay, so Maureen O'Sullivan was in this, also the mother of, the, you know, from Bonzo Goes to College, Mia Farrah's mother. Um, she had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said, Sci-fi is nothing I have never done. Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role. Uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay, you're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton, remember? Yeah, that's Peter right, Joe Peter? Morton, yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. Yeah, and the, he he uh, he. I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an oh, FBI yeah. agent, and oh, he yeah. he really he like he gave it some some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, "I'm all in. I'm in a movie. I'm going to give you a performance." And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah, uh, and, and then you know, again, Flea just smiling as a like mutant monkey alien. boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their dude. pet or something. Yeah. On April 4th, we watched a movie called The Vampire Happening, which sounds, the title is so great because you got vampires and you got hippies or yeah. happening. It's my vampire happening and it freaks me out. It's beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Uh, I don't, we did skip this film. It was I don't so remember bad. it. I don't even remember it. I was going to say, like, other than the title, I don't remember. It was so West German. She she goes to the the... She was from Yeah, that's right. She's a sex porn star yeah. who like right. they show she's so famous as a porn star, they show her movies on the plane. Right. The in-flight movie. <laughs> right. And she lands, yeah, it's bullshit. Okay, but the next film, oh my god, we could spend all the time in the world, definitely on my top ten films from the uh last year that we watched. Number three or something. It's House Four, the repossession yeah. from nineteen ninety-four. Now, all four, uh, at least, the, yeah, all four of them are on YouTube. And the first one's a classic, and the second one's a classic. But poor Carl, I picked the fourth one for him to watch four or five times and research. This, But it's a return to start. We were just talking about Mark Hamill, right? Not Mark Hamill, Harry Hamlin. Right. Uh, Beastmaster, I don't think it was him, but a similar-looking dude, right? Uh, it was uh, William Cat. Well, yeah, William Cat was in, I was okay. going to say Beastmaster 1 and Beastmaster 4 had the same star. The same with House. House started with uh, William Cat, the greatest American hero, and from the last Wednesday surf movie, he and Carrie, he yeah. was also, he wasn't in the second one. The second one was like a cartoonish puppet show with Bill Maher in it. It's, it's, it's on Amazon. The third one was actually released in the States as a different title. And then in Europe, they just added, like, it's, like, called horror movie or some bullshit. Right. And it had nothing to do. It was, like, uh, uh, 
It was like some killer Italian family. Yeah, this is the title. But House Four returns to the house, and basically the plot is that you know you get and you have a house, you inherit a house, and the house <laughs> is haunted and uh, comedically haunted with a lot of jump scares. So this one tries its damnedest. So basically, and William Cat is in it, and he's in it for a lot of scenes. And Carl, you said he uh, was two days. He did the, everything in two days, <laughs> and, but he they milked it, they wrung him dry, <laughs> and got right. his maximum cat in this movie, which is a delightful to see his curls <laughs> again. But the family that gets possessed, so the possession would consist of opening up a pizza box, and there's a pizza guy <laughs> face on it. Yeah, the delivery. He did the song. Yeah, pizza, pizza. I'm a face on pizza. Right. Uh, yeah, and just crazy like shockers like that. Uh, and then I think it burns but it down was everything that a horror movie's ever done. Like the yeah. hand comes through, grabs her. It was things that didn't make sense to the plot. No, the movie didn't make sense other than they're getting you know the house is going nuts. But it wasn't bad. Well, the I music like was by Harry Man Fredini. Not Harry Man. <laughs> I was gonna say not Henry Mancini. Oh, it was Harry Manfredini. Oh, Harry Manfredini. Next to uh, Ronnie uh, and uh, I was gonna. I now look, the guy, the, two of the guys who worked on the screenplay, but really just were writing the story of it. One of them is Jim Winerski, who did Munchie in '92 and Munchie Strikes Back in '94. Which we fought. Yes. Yeah, he was a Roger Corman guy, and the other one is. R.J. Robertson, who wrote Munchie Strikes Back. Munchie Strike Back. Hold that thought. We're going to go to our next movie on uh, April uh, 14th, uh, April 18th. This is actually my second favorite movie we saw. This is called 92 in the Shade. Speaking of numbers, it came out in 1975. It stars Warren Oates. Yes. In maximum peak Oates form. Yeah. And Peter Fonda. In a pretty solid Peter Fonda. No, no. yes, yeah, you he hate had, Peter Fonda. He had, well, it's just it's just who Peter Fonda is. He had no facial expressions. When he got mad, he spoke in a monotone. Right. When he got sad. He spoke in a monotone. When he got good news, he spoke in a monotone. Don't you remember? He goes to Burgess Meredith, and he's Burgess Meredith says, "I'll buy you a boat. I'll buy you a boat." He yeah, goes, right. Thanks. No, he well, goes. He's a Thank you. And then, well, he's a little shit, and he just like you know he goes up. He just he returns to the town, and he's like trying yeah. to make a life of it by telling like, "Give me a boat, Let, teach me how to do it." Yeah, teach me how to do it. And even like he does, he he goes, he gets a boat, and he has two tourists in the boat, and he goes out in the water for them, and they're gone. Right. And when he gets back, they're having a drink with everyone, and they're all making fun with of him. Their, with the enemy, with Warren Oates. Yeah, right. Like, they pulled a prank on him. So he's a he's a solid loser. We're a solid loser movie in, in Florida. And, and but remember what he did? Yes, go ahead. He burnt the boat. He burnt Warren Oates', Oates. boat to a crisp and made him Toasted a poor Oates. man. Toasted yeah. Oates, yeah. Okay, so he goes to Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith says, I'll give you the money for this boat, right? So he goes down to the guy to build it. And the guy says, okay, here's my order, you know. Yeah. Then he goes back to Burgess Meredith and says, I need the money to pay the guy. And he goes, what money? Get out of my office. <laughs> and then he goes back down to the guy to say, I'm sorry, the deal is off. And the guy says, what are you talking about? He paid this morning in full, like Burgess Meredith was fucking with him. But the whole time, Peter Fonda was like, 
I need the skip boat money. <laughs> I thought he was fine, but I think Warren Oates. Warren Oates is such an oversized actor that he can take care. Like he, he was carrying the movie anyway. No, but like, if a guy says to you, like, I'll give you a living, and then you go into his office and says, screw, he goes, screw yeah, you. I'm not, yeah. I never promised. Wouldn't you, as a human, go, what are you talking about? You just told me you would. But no, Peter Fonda did not do that. He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he won, a, he won just, an Oscar that year for that. Uh, Margot Kidder was all over this film. She was yeah. the girlfriend. You were but, saying that she married the director, right? Right. This director was having a three-way relationship with his wife and, and this actress who's also in the film. They had threesomes. They lived together in Key West and were like husband, wife, and wife. Okay? I feel like, I feel like we got cheated out of a movie. <laughs> right yeah he, why didn't you write that script seriously so, but, what you know but this guy was a uh has a history because he not a history he had a, he wrote the novel that it's based on right yes and then he just kind of disappeared he did a couple movies and well he he but but you see he cheated on his two wives with margot kidder that's right, right. yeah and then he would dump his two wives for Margot Kidder, and they would get married and have a kid, and move. He would move her to Montana, and that yeah. would be where she would live for the rest of her life. I right. mean, re she he really changed her life, and they were divorced very quickly. Okay, Sylvia Miles was in this, and she was in Zero to Sixty. She was the uh, repo person dispatcher. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is a. Uh... It had a good cast. William Hickey was kind of young in that movie, I guess. He was he looked pretty old because he's he has this famously like caven old man look when you see right. him. Yeah. Now Sylvia Miles had a relationship with Burgess Meredith in this. Don't you remember how sexual? Yeah, they were really. Cute. It was cute though. They were in the office and playing hanky panky. I don't know. I I liked the movie. I thought it was interesting. It was definitely. Well, I uh, think the director was a train wreck, and I mean, he yeah. was only married to her for nine months, and they had a baby, and she lives in Montana now. She, she got the role in Superman. She like ended it, you know. I don't know. Okay. Next one in April. Uh, we on April twenty fifth. We watched the Meeksville Ghost from two thousand and one. A rare twenty-first century sighting on our show, <laughs> and it was a, it was a made-for-whatever movie. DVD, straight to DVD, straight to DVD, and it was a kids' film, and it was starring one of our favorite actors to talk about, Judge Reinhold, mm -hmm. uh, who just we feel like, you know, his he had plenty of opportunities, but at, in two thousand and one. He starred as a ghost that haunted a, a a western ghost. Yeah, this is like a west a cowboy them. ghost. Yeah, in the town of Meeksville, uh, which is some kind of old Western town, but right. in modern day, he comes back as a ghost. Well, he, he could never leave because he had an unresolved issue. The, the woman died by yeah. gun or gun or something like that. And they were trying to get the land, and he was trying to prevent that. But Leslie Ann Down is in it. She's the one who was... Um, in Munchie Strikes Back as the mom. She's got her English accents. We keep talking about Munchie Strikes Back. Uh, Munchie, it's a sequel to a movie called Munchie, which had Lonnie Anderson as the mom. And then in this one, yeah. Meeksville Ghost, she's, it's, a, it's her. Yeah. I don't know. This movie was vile. Not vile. Just as a kid's movie, it failed. 
yeah, uh, as, a, as, a, as a Judge Reinhold movie, it was passable. You could kind of see the the old appeal of Judd in that movie. He definitely tried. Uh, and then it ended with like some kind of, like a, a Roy Berrialis, oh. like a, a big mystical like CGI monster. Yeah, that, they had the shootout, like at the high noon kind of yeah. shootout. And everything got resolved for Judd Reinhold. So he was no longer had to stay on earth. And so he ascended in a... Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. I'm bumping my list. The next movie, uh, and let me know when you want to take over. On uh, May All 2nd. right, I'll take over. No, 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 I got it. Let me do May 2nd, please. Uh, on May 2nd, uh, we saw a really great film uh, called Night of the Juggler from 1980. This movie has it all. This is like a, <laughs> the best car you could get off the lot. It was, uh, night, you know, scumbag Times Square. Yeah. Uh, we even saw the trailer. We used the trailer for WPIX. It was that <laughs> yeah, Sunday night, right. 6.30 movie. Uh, James Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin is on the boiling point. His kid is fucking kidnapped. Yeah. He's got a, he has no by time mistake, to lose. By mistake. Yeah. So he's he's got like a ticking clock. So when he goes into a porn uh, expo on Times Square, he's got he's like he doesn't go in the little booths and stares at this girl. He walks into the yeah. actual harem area. Where, yeah, he's like, you tell me where the, my daughter is. And there's guys looking, jerking off in their booths. You know, it was pretty <laughs> radical. He's running around New York City. It's everything you want in a movie. Uh, he's terrific, and it, it's really suspenseful. Uh, it's definitely like a gritty film from its era. But don't and, uh, forget the Take the Cannoli guy. Yeah, right. Take the Cannoli guy from The Godfather. Right. Uh, yeah. Pop. Does he do a joke where the gangsters are trying to buy frozen yogurt in New York City in 1980, yeah. and they well, can't? They can't. It isn't that it, he 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 goes in there and he says, "My my daughter's fiance is." is wants to open a yogurt shop tell me about it and then the just guy describes what yogurt is how it like yeah germs yeah and it gets grossed out yeah because at the time in new york city in 1980 that was a thing new frozen yogurt with wheat Uh, germ jackie gleason's daughter has a role in it um there's an ex-porn star named sharon mitchell in it Ooh, the Mitchell scissor. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, the guy who's the director, his name's Robert Butler, and he directed the pilot the, for Star Trek with oh, Captain the, Pike. The infamous Captain Pike yeah. episode. James Brolin broke his foot during a stunt sequence, and it delayed production for pretty much a month, just a little over a month. Yeah. Well, we, we recommend that one, definitely. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This movie caused a lot of pain and aggravation for both of us in 2021. It is the aforementioned, on May 9th, we watched Munchie Strikes Back. <laughs> it's a straight-to-video. It's based on a movie we saw called Munchies, which was a ripoff on Gremlins. Uh, so it was originally an R-rated movie. They turned it into a kid's video. This is Corman's production. Uh, and with Dom DeLuise as the voice of a magical pixie monster yeah, yeah. named name, uh, Munchie. Breaker. He's a wish, yeah. So it's, you get wish fulfillment. You want pizza? Here it is. You like you like Jennifer Love Hewitt? There it is. <laughs> so, and then there was an adversary who wanted the hand of his mom. Uh, no, but this is Munchie Strikes Back. I know. So oh. Munchie Strikes Back only has Munchie and the adversary. The actor for the adversary has a different role different altogether. Person. Different person. Mm-hmm. 
But he's it. The voice of Munchie in the third film is voiced by Howard Hessman. Um, well, he's again. ARP in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's, you know, whatever. I mean, you can hear him snorting coke while he, uh, the voice. He's <laughs> like, we got to save him. Right after I rip one. Uh, it's fucking, why don't you listen to our episode? We don't want to talk about this film anymore, do we? Uh, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Dave Dobson from the first movie was in it as a preteen now or a- Right, he passed the torch. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there was that guy who was Professor Graves was a really good actor named Stephen Franken. Remember, he goes down there, he goes, a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. He goes, this information, do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Funny in it. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, like, okay, it was it was a watchable film, but it's just, it's definitely a... The director watched, uh, wrote, the, our, the director wrote House 4, okay? Oh, yes, that's right. Um, and also, the school explosions in the beginning were from a different movie called Screwballs. It was the same footage. Oh, how funny. And we had so watched... Roger the... Corman. Yeah. All right, well... There we go. Check it out. So that episode you should check out, listen to on May 9th. We are going back, back, back on, on May 16th, uh, back to the, what's the dude's name? Noel Nanel? Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. His third movie we watched is called Dreamer, 1979. Right. So it was a middle film, as it were. So what do you do in between a Las Vegas caper movie and a racing around Mulholland Drive, Laurel Canyon music scene? Dreamer. It's it's Tim Matheson, and he's going pro as he competes in the fantastic 1970s world of professional bowling. It's rocky for bowling. Oh, my God. And, you know, you got, like, the family, and you got the town, and you got the people at the bowling alley. Jack Warden, right? Was it? Yeah, Jack I, yeah. Warden was... The, was uh, come on! Come on, Rocky! Come on, Rocky! Come on, a perfect game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the guy who did the musical score for Rocky did the musical score for this. And it was advertised as, oh, that guy from Animal House, he's back again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on May 23rd, uh, we watched Slaughter's Big Ripoff from yeah. 1973. That, that, that was pretty good. I like that one. American uh, International's Pictures. Yeah. Uh, and the villain was none other than Ed McMahon. Exactly. That was great. That was great. That was uh, Jim Brown, right? Yeah, Jim Brown was yeah. pullback for the Cleveland Browns. That's how he made his fame. He was an NFL guy, and he started acting. Ed McMahon was the bad guy. Scatman Crothers was in it for two seconds. It was fun because it was like it wasn't Shaft. It was trying so hard to be Shaft. It was. But, you know, there's a lot of character actors in that movie. I remember, like, yeah. the guy that hang out at the bar at the nightclub. That kind of just helped the movie. Like, he was just funny in it. So remember, he's riding horses in the beginning. Yeah. And then his friend gets killed. They're like, we love you, Slaughter. Cheers, you know. <clears throat> I'm dead. And yeah. he Is that his him. real name, Slaughter? That's what they called him, Slaughter. Remember yeah. there was that uh, woman who just wanted to sleep with Slaughter? He was the girlfriend of the bad guy. Yeah, no, I remember. He was, the, he was king of the hill. Like, everyone loves Slaughter. And it was a sequel too, I, I believe. So, like, yes, they already knew him from the last movie. Yeah. Oh, the third one. Wow. Remember they did it in that scratchy hay, right up in the, in the. Yeah. It's like you, that thing's made to dry the hay in the sun. You know, you're gonna get in there. Go, 
<laughs> oh, it's great because after you fuck, you can eat the hay. Can we keep going? Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Shaft in Africa. Shaft in I Africa, right, yeah. Movies. Yeah. Oh, so that, was, that was a great one we did. Then they. Uh, I'm embarrassed now. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, all right. You did it. Let's move on. Our next movie on May 30th. Don't worry. I, I actually did a couple of times and it's, we have it on archive. So it's all part of growing up. It's all uh, part of growing up. All part of growing up. Uh, on May 30th, we watched the horrendously titled Thunderground. Underground. Just Underground. 1989. This is basically the underground world of beating each other up. And it's this, uh, we have a lot of films like this where like a, a hard scrabble woman and her pa pal go and, and try to defeat the underground world of blank and mm -hmm. her and her boyfriend, uh, like pick fights for money. And ultimately, ultimately jo Jesse Ventura is like, I will give you money so I could kick your shit out of you. Right. And they ultimately say, you know, we're just so desperate. We're going to do it. We're going to go into the underground and we're going to fight you and you to the death or whatever. To the death. No, it's to yeah. the death. Whoever lives keeps the bounty. Yeah. And then at the end, it's a lot of slow motion shit in it. I don't know. It, it, it seemed like two different movies to me. It seemed like these people on the road trying to make it and trying to, trying to survive and, yep. you know, uh, dealing with each other. And then when they finally get to the Oz, when they finally get to the end of the journey, it's just this cartoon of Jesse Ventura fighting a girl, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, first they had to go to New Orleans and meet Emmett Walsh, who knew the man, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Nobody else did. Remember, he, he arranged some fights for him and yeah, yeah. gunpoint. He's a mysterious cat. I don't know. It was it was a piece of shit. I, I wasn't thrilled by it. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. Do you want to continue? Do March? Uh, do June, June 6th. June 6th, 2021. We saw George Carlin in... Working trash. Yeah, a Fox move. Fox was a brand new network on yeah. on the terrestrial channel. I'm I'm doing a rotary channel change on my hands, <laughs> and uh, this was their first made for TV movie. Yeah, uh, starring uh, starring also starring Ben Stiller. Correct. They really pulled out the big guns, and the I know you don't like the Beverly Hills Hillbillies, but. Jed Clampett was in it. Oh, I know. I don't like. Oh yeah, no, he was good in that. Buddy Epson. Uh, but also the director, I think, was some kind of of note. Um, the director was Alan Metter. He did a Police Academy Mission to Moscow. I know you love that series. He did Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Girls just want to have fun. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, not out of the park. Is the Growing Pains movie. Yo, when they go to Paris? No, no, I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking Facts of Life. Facts of Life, Growing Pains. Uh, all right. I think that's... And it's it's uh, it's basically the, the janitors that work at a stock firm and they, they, they find in the garbage stock tips and they right. go up and make money. I don't know. Right. It, it, was, it was not memorable. It was nice to see George Carlin uh, yeah. act. And uh, we actually had Paul Brumbaugh who uh, yeah. is one of the big George Carlin fans, and he used to be on the on mini radio before us. It's, and he's actually started up uh, Edge Production. And Patrick Carlin was a regular. Yeah, his younger brother, as he would always say. His, uh, his older brother, Patrick Carlin, would come on uh, Paul's show every week. So. My super ex-girlfriend, um, June 13th, 2021. 
This is not usual for your show, not just because it's 2006, but it's Ivan Reitman film. It's a blockbuster. Well, oh, it yeah. did well, but I mean, it's a major motion picture. I didn't realize that was Anna Faris in that movie until like maybe yeah. halfway through. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is one of those toxic 2000s. I swear to God, this last generation has a lot to account for when it comes to movies. And us too. We watched them. It was basically these bros who are like looking for women at the gym and it's Owen Wilson, it's Luke Wilson. And he had rain Wilson as uh, no relation as his like scumbag little friend, mm-hmm. the Jason Alexander to the shallow how basically. So when they're at the gym, he's like, Hey, nice ass. Can I go on a date and touch your ass? Right. Oh, what did I say? And uh, they people get ended. Yeah. So there's this hot little woman and they, they in the subway and they approach her and she goes on a date and she actually is a superhero. And uh, when they break up, uh, Luke and Uma Thurman uh, as a superhero, uh, she doesn't take it well. It's basically, it would be better if it was my super ex-boyfriend and the, it would be more real, right? A little too on the nose if the, the male counterpart in the relationship. No, no, this man. is on the nose. You've heard about girls freaking out when they. Oh, yeah, but I think it's, I think it's a little like misogynistic, this movie. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, but yeah, so she gets angry. So she's throwing cars and sharks at him and breaking his apartment. And then especially when he starts dating Anna Ferris, he she gets super mad. But oddly enough, uh, Jesus Christ, this movie gives me a headache. Eddie Izzard plays Eddie like Izzard. Yeah, so she's she's like a, uh, a, a colleague. Yeah, so she yeah God, it's so she creates a way to get the power source for Uma, and the power source drops and radiates Anna Ferris. Yeah, but Anna Ferris gets affected and now Anna Ferris is a superhero. Right. <laughs> uh, superpowers. Okay, well, what about um, uh, Wanda Sykes was in it? That's a little... Yeah, that's great. She was fine in it. She didn't have much now, to do. My celebrity comedian countdown was with one of the actors who was in the film. His, he's a comedian. Uh, his name is Jack Norris. And I was at Scotty's and he went up and he said, you super ex-girlfriend. And then somehow I found out that it was on YouTube. Remember? So I said, please, Michael, I've got the actor. So yeah, yeah so we interviewed. Yeah. It was great. He played a cop in the movie and he had, he had a, I wouldn't say there were good stories, but they were really good. I mean, like it was, uh, you know, it was, it was really good that he opened up and just talked about working there and just being, it was good. So- uh, June 20th, 21, we watched the Clash movie, Hell W10 from 83. Oh, you know what? I would just flat out say, go to iTunes, find our episode. If you like the Clash, go and just, just, I know Carl has information on it, but do me a favor. Also listen to the episode because he interviews the guy that uh, was an archivist for Clash, and he had a lot to say about this movie. This is okay, well, by this guy was in it. Okay. Yeah, this guy, his name is Derek Goddard. The, he, the Clash, pretty much their um, drummer, was out of the band because he just did it to himself. He just did heroin all the time, and so they were going to replace him with Derek Goddard. And he started practicing with the Clash, but then the Clash broke up, so he never got to. But he was about to become a member of the Clash. And he was in the film, and he told us all sorts of interesting things. We did a two-part episode. The first part was the, like, 50-minute movie. Yeah. The second part was, like, the same length of an interview. It's a good movie, too. Joe Schirmer, it's just fun. It's black and white. They act like gangsters, but you can see, like, E.T. dolls. Like, they still have a veneer of yeah. the early 80s that it came from. And, it, and you know, like, uh, 
they're they're just having fun i don't know and it was well shot you know and uh it was an informative interview i really like the interview that that's, yeah. that's that's the reason why i'm singling out this episode you did a lot of effort and uh we a lot of good information about Flash. the club. yeah and i made a friend no oh, facebook friend or real irl friend pretty much facebook friend but we were gonna get together and do some clash songs together we even found a basis wow then, that's crazy yeah things got messed up with like weather and stuff so we're supposed to do it this year okay let's see what happens call okay. yourself the clash <laughs> it's supposed to be a clash tribute it's supposed to be that we'll do a show on international clash day i don't know oh, i mean yeah. yeah international clash day yeah that's that's a thing <laughs> next is june 27 2021 we did the adventures of barry mckenzie uh all right this one goes on my top 10 that in its horrible sequel i think this movie uh is a cultural touchstone as it were i don't know i mean talk about documentaries about movies uh, Not From Hollywood is a, a documentary about the Australian film industry, and they talk a lot about Barry McKenzie. Barry McKenzie uh, is the mastermind it was mastermind by Barry Humphreys, who shows up, of course, as Dane Enda. Uh, but basically, he's he's Barry McKenzie is a different actor who's a singer. Rick Carly, he, he has a life outside this movie, uh, and he kind of plays a, you know, little abner as it were it was but an australian outback version young dumb and full of cum just kind of a total idiot beer drinker yeah which was uh, a cartoon was what it was a, like a, a newspaper strip kind of thing a cartoon oh, i didn't know that started oh yeah that that's it was all based on that book um you know in the same way homer simpson is everything awful about a, an american yeah mary humphreys with everything about dumb about an australian and that's why and andy cap is everything dumb about it. okay yeah i got you yeah right so uh so he goes to uh england it's just, yeah he goes to england and uh, just chaos ensues a bunch of numbers happen uh a lot of just like kind of you know off jokes but uh it became a huge cultural phenomenon and you can see why it's pretty tight film you know uh, I, I don't know. I like the movie. Well, every time he would enter a situation, um, and then like he would be in some sort of trouble, then he would make a move or a move would be made on him <laughs> and it would end up like a terrific, great thing. Well, yeah, so one of the things, don't you remember like someone told him that curry is an aphrodisiac so he like rubbed it on his groin before sex or something like that? Yeah, it was a very dumb took and forever prawns, to get to them prawns prawns yeah with prawns right it was they were in england so they got like down you know, indian hand. takeout mm -hmm. uh what else did he do uh like he uh, would okay he would go to the house he went out with the daughter remember and then there was an australian fest happened to be there Hi, i was about to i was about to say that that's the best moment in the movie is that he meets other australians in england and that's all they give a shit about is themselves. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um he goes to um what he goes to the pub and the guy who isn't Dudley Moore overhears him and he is cast in a TV commercial. Yeah, he's know? the male candine. He just shows up and he's always accompanied by uh Dane Enda. Yeah. Who he's, you know joins him in the adventures. Edna, yeah. Yeah, and definitely a good counterpoint to it. You know, like 
And one of the things I do like about this movie, this is one of the rare movies, unfortunately, our show, we do, have, there's some movies are better off to see a couple of times just to see it by yourself. Yeah. And uh, I had seen, I didn't really see this movie. I knew of it. And when we did the show, I was like, oh my God, this movie is greater than the sum of its parts. Like this movie should be experienced and then kind of like, you know, discussed and stuff. So I actually went back and watched it and then uh, watched the, the sequel before we did it. And uh, it just makes a difference. Like it's a really kind of pop culture. The yeah. jokes are definitely aged. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, they're aged and they're even Australian, like, like. Yeah. There are all those expressions that we wouldn't got. I'm fuller than a dunny on, you know, we have no idea. What the hell no idea. And then, so in, uh, uh, there are some films that are your films that it's better to watch with a friend. And that's when you go to our show. There are other shows that are worth it, uh, just watching it. And this is yeah. one of them. So our next movie, go ahead, go. Was the sequel, Barry McKenzie Holds His Own. And... It's interesting that the prime minister is in it. Listen, I really think you can skip this movie, you know? What it's, they did is they turned Barry McKenzie into a superhero, and he right. was famous. But that's not what Barry McKenzie is all about. He's not. He's a hick, which is an American term. But he he's outback-ish, right? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. But him, the, the actor who plays Barry uh, McKenzie and fucking Dane Edna are really funny. So yeah. I just felt like it was an excuse to see it, them. Like it wasn't Wayne's World too bad as when sequels go, we're just watching the familiar characters. It just really had nothing. It wasn't, the satire wasn't there. The, the sat, it was, you know, the parody of the satire. It lost its own joke because the premise was, uh, yes, you're right. It was great to see them again. That's what you paid for, right? Right, you, yeah. You, want, you experienced them before, so you want to see them again. Uh, it's just that they could have, they should have just stuck with, see, it did a big thing for the Australian film industry. Suddenly, four or five films got made that year. Yeah. One of them by, uh, it's not in front of me, it's like the, the, the guest or something. It was a big deal. So they thought, Perry McKenzie's a big deal, so let's do a movie in which he's flying in a jet and there's angels are singing his name. <laughs> well, that's not him at all. Right, I got, I got it too. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Lil Abner again, I'm going to say. Yeah, Prime Minister of Australia, you know, at the time, and the First Lady, they were in it. Uh, I'm sure they regret it. July 18, 2021, with Sherilyn Connolly, we watched The Man with the Power. I was very happy Sherilyn joined us. Uh, she is a big <laughs> influence. You can see her influence on the show. Uh, Q was in it from Star Trek. John Delancey. Do you remember who that Q is? It wasn't Q from Next Generation, and it would always yeah. be like, hey, Picard, what's up? You suck. Yeah, you yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. Here. It's like, yeah. sit down to eat his meal, he'd show up, go, I'll take that, poof! He'd well, you know, when when uh, Superman jumped the shark, they had Mr. Majestic. So I guess for Star Trek, they had uh, Q. Yeah, um, Bob Neal was the star. There's nothing really interesting there, but no, it's a good one. So we would recommend that episode. If, yeah, as episodes go, and that is July 18th. You get to Sherilyn uh, joins us uh, and to do one of the movies uh, of Percy Kamada, and so it was pretty cool. We're going into <laughs> August. Yes, August eight. <clears throat> August eight was a really cool one. It was Ghost Shark. 
I like that movie. Yeah, and you had a really good friend of yours, a comedian who. Uh... So um, there, I was at an open mic. It was my open mic actually, and the Chris Gasler got on stage and he just relayed this. He told his routine and then he interrupted himself and he goes, "Fuck that! This is not comedy. No laughing." And he told us how much how great Ghost Shark was. That just got me thinking. I checked it out. And yeah, it was on YouTube. So I immediately called to you, please, please, do this once, please. And you said, okay. And so he came on and I played his stand up on the show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. And he was like, he actually led us in the world of the cinema's ghost yeah. shark. Do you remember yeah. Night Court's Bull was in it? Yeah, Richard Bull. But he was good at it. You know, yeah, he uh, really definitely good. had a good time. Yeah. It's so weird. It's either like TV Christmas movies or TV uh, shark movies. Oh, Christmas shark. Holy shit. I got to write that down. Since it was a ghost and it was a shark, it could yes. ghost appear anywhere where there was water. It was, remember a guy was drinking from water yeah, cooler and he gets all fucking fucked up. Remember that? This, yeah, a shark, a ghost shark jump, kind of leaps out of his water. Yeah, he split into parts. Oh my God. That's like, well, wasn't there a slip and slide? And well, at the end of the slip and slide was a ghost shark and the kids were like, we <laughs> Gulp. Gulp. All they didn't do was the burp joke. There is a plethora. These shark TV movie, shark movies, and Roger Corman's to blame. The shock, the post, well, and then Sharknado. of course, Sharknado. Sharknado was like, yeah, that was definitely uh, day one on a lot of it. But this one was good. Out of, out of a lot, of, I think this was better than Sharknado, honestly. Really, that was with Tara Reid. Oh yeah, and Brian. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. No, I'm going to call it. I mean, it's fine, but what what are we arguing about? Ghost Shark's better. <laughs> On August fifteenth, Warren Oates. Yes, another Warren Oates movie. Where and based on the Hemingway story, wasn't it? No. Yes. Based on it, a, it was Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. It was yeah. A story called My Old Man. So she's she's like a farm girl, and her like he her strained dad shows up, who's Warren Oates, and they just go off. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Well, it started off. It was a little unbelievable in the real world. It started off. You're going to be with me for the summer. And then it just turned into she lives with me now. I don't know how it happened. But wasn't he like a horse racer or like yeah. in the horses? Yeah. So he was a trainer. He was a trainer. He worked the horses and he. Yeah. And it was sort of like a uh, always on the edge, like I'm either a loser and a failure or I'm a winner. And he was always teetering, you yeah. know. For about four scenes, he was a lead horse trainer. I want that fucking slopped over here. He was large and you know, and then he would be like, I've lost all my money. It's a hat is hanging over his head. I don't yeah. know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it was another War Notes movie on YouTube. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Next was the switcheroo. August twenty second, we watched Tracks with Shadow Stevens. Yeah, and it's a switcheroo because I've seen it a hundred times. I had the, I found the video cassette on Tower at Tower Records. Uh, yeah. yeah. So track, Tracks with Shadow Stevens, and he is a eighties renegade uh, vigil, uh, vigilante mercenary. That's the word. That kind of. But all in one, he he does the jungle. He does the cities. He cleans out the town. He yeah. comes by. A lot of shooting. A lot of shooting. He decides, despite Priscilla Barnes' uh, objections, or maybe she secretly likes it, he goes into a shithole town and cleans it up while he pursues his dream to bake cookies. 
And <laughs> he makes a friend, Dieter. And remember, Dieter got shot? Yeah. And they asked how much blood yeah. he lost. And he said, a liter of blood. <laughs> and they, and Shadow Steven said, damn, Dieter lost the liter. <laughs> Wait, do you remember when he offered a cookie to Robert Davi? See, this the is gangster? one you need to see. Also, yeah. not just listen to our show. This is a yeah. Okay, that's exactly right. So please go to YouTube. The point of this show is there are these free movies on YouTube, and they can't find them anywhere. They people would pursue. Just oh, go please. look up tracks. T R A X X. Yeah, It's Watch not the movie, and then this is the second time we had done it, and we're blabbling about it again. So God bless that movie. Now the next one's also kind of a switcheroo. August 29th, 21, we for a second time watched Head. Head, head, head. From 1968, it's Monkey's Farewell uh movie theatrical. And uh we had done it earlier. And uh this is another movie where we recommend watch it without well, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah. First. And you can do it on YouTube. All the songs, the monkey songs, later day songs, the ones, uh, the dolphin song, all dolphin. of them are there. Wouldn't I? And basically, they cameos, cameos, tons of sixties cameos, and Nestor Nicello. There's just like uh, they just they jump off a bridge in the beginning of the movie. They're that's done right. with being pop stars. That's right. But that's not the way it happens, and mm-hmm. they go into a whirlwind of studio lot setups. And they go into a sound effects cleaner. They go through Victor and they get they get stuck in Victor Matura's hair and they they uh yeah just uh it's they at the end they don't die they just get carried off you know piece of pop culture uh yeah uh, Zappa. monkeys are the craziest people says the cow that Frank Zappa carries yeah it's good you know but it's also kind of a weird piss movie because uh it is what you want to see as a TV version of uh, a theatrical, a movie version of a TV show. And it's more you grown want, up. Yeah. More grown up and also kind of biting the hand that feeds you and just saying, you know, their angle was saying we were manufactured, but we can't escape it now. You know, now that we did this fake gimmick and you bought it, we'll never well, escape being that. Give to seven year olds. <laughs> oh, right. Harry Garden. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's a Sunny Liston. It's Sunny just like, Liston, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, and oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Tony Basil, the Tony dance Basil. number. Yeah, the she theme. choreographs. Yeah, the famous uh, '60s choreographer uh, dances with uh, Mickey Jones. So yeah, it's a uh, Jack Davey, Davey Jones. Jack Nicholson yeah. was part of the writing, right? And, and that's Jen- what I'm saying. Bob Raffeson and Jack Nicholson, they had cinema dreams. Right. kind of Part of this movie is just like separating themselves from the monkeys, which they created and profited from. Right, right. And and it was really a um, misleading campaign. It was like it was like destined to bomb. It was a poorly timed release date uh, because it was two months after the monkeys were canceled. I don't know. They only made 16 grand. <laughs> really? Yeah. A meager $16,111 in ticket sales. That's crazy. Right. It is because we're talking nationwide. Next, you made me endure a piece of crap <laughs> on September 5th called Full Body Massage 1995. 
and you're all apologetic for it. Oh, you know, the director, director, and yeah, well, the famous director. Listen, that director made a movie. That his, his films are so rare. Nicholas Roag, uh, <laughs> I believe he's pronounced. And yeah. then, boom, out of nowhere, he made a shitty six. He made like he's he's so like venerated that by the only work he could get is an exclusive film on Showtime. Yeah, you know, and they had to show titties. But right. the, t- the titties. All about the titties. Yes, but Mimi Rogers is fantastic in this yeah. movie. Titties wise. Well, first off, she yep. she did some. Her body's amazing. Like you know, yeah, it's, it's you know Linda Hamilton like just Don't, built and. You're about to say she did a good acting job. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Argue. I'm not gonna defend this movie. I I know. Uh, uh, Brian Brown, who we know from Cocktail primarily, right? He was Finch. Give my regards to Broad Street. Uh, we saw him in. Oh yeah, very memorable. I'm sure. Don't you remember he was Paul McCartney's like business business manager? Remember? And he oh, said, was he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All he right. goes, yeah. This could lead to unforeseen consequences. He goes, like what? He goes, well, they're unforeseen. <laughs> that was Finch from Cocktail. Wow. Brian an accent? Brown. Uh, well, that. Oh, if you mean that was me? <laughs> yes, that was my attempt. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, we uh, decided to stop the world of Nicholas Roeg and go into where it's at from 1969. And we that episode aired September 12th. Right. And right. it is a kind of family drama set in the world of madmen and hippies. Madmen, in this case, being a casino owner yeah. whose son is just, he's where it's at, man. He's yeah. where it's at. Uh, but dad wants him to learn the world of the Las Vegas lore. And he does. He goes well, I mean, their, their casino. He's a casino owner and he gets yeah. shares in it. Remember, but he becomes father versus son. Right. And also the casino did not get any opening credit. It was not listed in the opening credits. Uh, yeah. So we, there, there is some kind of adversary. And then he also have like, I don't know, in the long journeys, the long family drama. What I'm saying is like it's there's some play like aspects where they they talk in the office and they're all just like oh but dad no son <laughs> but yeah it's kind of a generational thing. Generation Brenda Vaccaro. Brenda Vaccaro, she's good. I don't know. I didn't like that movie at all. To be honest with you, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Well, as a janitor. Yeah, he was. Well, he was a pit. Uh, he was. He pit was boss. Yeah. No, no, but, he was a dealer and he got caught okay if you don't like it forget it because it's okay here's something interesting though uh richard kimball uh david jansen right right he was in bonzo goes to college oh well uncredited a uh, football guy like yeah. oh that's cool yeah he must have been young and they're like we need you mm-hmm. uh my big break freddie i hope you see me when you, when you do the threequel, the threequel of uh, Bonzo. Yeah, you Bonzo. remember that Bonzo movie? Yeah, there was a big hit. Yeah, I'm in this yeah. thing. Well, there was Bedtime for Bonzo. Bonzo goes to college. And then the third movie in there the sequel. There was a third? No, they should be. They should be like Bonzo Infinity. <laughs> yeah, Bonzo if Revolution. If there was a third Bonzo movie, I wish they would make it 1950s in black and white. Really yeah, well, do. Well, don't you feel like Airbud and all those like made-for-video uh, movies of like young little yeah. dogs or animatronic animals, like in live-action adventures? Yeah, you know it's kind of old hat, but 
you know, it's a, it's a it's thriving business. Uh, all right. Uh, so where it's at, yeah, it, it definitely, like, if you want to check out Las Vegas in the 60s, after watching Las Vegas Lady from the 70s, please do. Uh, it does show some of the casinos. The clothes are pretty cool. I like that, the David Hansen. Now, as a movie, this does have a story, and it's not a great movie, but no. you could... Is I wouldn't recommend watching it on your own, but you could if you it, it, you won't you it doesn't suck suck. No, it isn't. So you know you get these performances in the story, but you do get oh, like sixties Vegas. Like he gives Brenda Vaccaro an order, right? Like real sternly, get him up, and then she goes, "Okay, right away," and I quit. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, then I do. He, remember. Down, he goes, "Why?" He goes. Because I'm sensitive. And then he goes, well, I'm sorry. And then she goes, well, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that in the film. But uh, still, it, it, yeah. I'm not saying it was a good film. I mean. It's pretty corny. How about that? Uh, I don't know. Remember that, he, that his w wife wanted to cheat with him and go with the son? Yeah. And then, like, he didn't. He didn't leave her like it, it, it i don't know there's some interesting things in there that aren't camp and yeah yeah i feel like it's one of those movies where uh they want to do a drama but they want to set it in today's you know yeah. generation gap. it was a generation gap yeah it was the, how dad and son here this is dad and this is son can't argue it out all right, but it was pretty dry. Now, we're going to watch Wild in the Streets coming up sometime soon. Yeah, that's going to be one of your it's upcoming a, it's movies. One, just like that generational, it's exactly what you're just describing. It's the 60s, you know, don't trust anyone over 30. Yeah, and we actually watched a movie called Gas. Uh, don't ask me how yeah. to spell it. Roger Corman directed it. Like, it was definitely like a 50s Mad Magazine parody of the world of hippies. And uh, there was some of that in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep going because I don't remember what I was saying. Going, um, keep going. You're going to go in coconuts. I'm going coconuts. On September 19th, we watched the Donnie and Marie theatrically released movie uh, from, you know, vintage 70s. It's called Going Coconuts. They, as Donnie and Marie, have the opportunity to perform in Hawaii. Uh, and... <laughs> And they go on a plane. The, the, it's so funny. The movie, it's one of those movies where they, Barry McKenzie was guilty of it too. It starts on a plane ride and ends on a plane ride. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got the opening credits on the plane. We're going they, they, somewhere. We're going home. Yeah. So they go to Hawaii to perform. Uh, and actually the Brady Bunch are on their flight. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Mars. Kenneth Mars again from Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, you were saying, oh yeah, you know, now I remember who he is. He's definitely an outsized guy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny in this. So it, this is one of those mix-ups where bad guys have a MacGuffin or some kind of like something idol or some. Well, there garbage. was the necklace, you see, and the necklace. The necklace. Had, yeah, in the end, you learned because I spoil everything. I spoil. In the end, you learn that it's a, a a map. It's a chain of islands, you know, and it's a yeah. map where the treasure is. Man, well, it's uh, and and it has a uh, Ted Cassidy who played Lurch. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he did a really good job. I thought. Uh, look, look, it was the Donnie and Marie part was very bad, but the part in which the villains were together was pretty good. That, you got so you got two movies. You have super young Donnie and Marie. Mm -hmm. uh, like, if you want to watch them on TV, uh, you can watch that part of the movie. <laughs> and then if you want to watch, you know, 
lurch from Adam's family without the makeup hanging out with Kenneth Mars, you know, yeah, yeah definitely Making an alliance with the Asians. Well, it was, yeah. And then they have a musical number. I, I should mention Donnie Marie, not the villains. <laughs> and so they at the Hawaiian hotel. And then after the number is done, literally they resolve the conflict and they get on the plane and the credits roll that the plane flies off. So it's well worth it. It's no going bananas. And the, and in the real world, the uh, girl he falls in love with as he's getting on the plane becomes his real Donnie's real wife. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, thirty well, years. Good to go. Uh, next movie up is uh, oh my god. In, uh, so two days after my birthday on October third. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, we watched a movie directed by Alan Smithy. It's called Stitches from 1985. Yeah. And it stars Parker Stevenson or Stephen Parkinson. Right. And uh, it's basically Frank the Hardy. Frank Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, right. The Hardy boys. And uh, they are just like party boys themselves. They're yeah. not Hardy boys. They're party boys. And they're, right. Yeah, at a medical school. And they do like wacky 80s pranks, like naked and uh, pretend to be cadavers. And then women show up. They jump out. And there's a lot of like, you know, I don't know, Brent Kavanaugh's kind of humor, like just frat boys, sexual, uh, just kind of phrasing. But one of the more interesting pranks they do is that uh, the girls get even after like some panty watch or something. They get uh, none other than the unknown comic. Right. Yeah. And he's not in costume. He's just the act. He's acting to come Uh, in. Marie Langston. Yeah, man. He comes, Marie Langston comes in and he, uh, Ask, tells her all the doctor male doctors has dropped their pants to, <laughs> so he can evaluate their penises which yeah. he does he does one by one. Mm-hmm. yeah he expects their penises and gives commentary that's the only moment in the movie i really remember oh there was one guy who was party over here <laughs> well, so look, they all would party but parker stevenson would party hardy boys well, in the trailer, and I remember in the movie, this guy with a froggy voice goes, party upstairs. And he goes, There's no party upstairs. He goes, party downstairs. I remember that. Yeah. It was a uh, really bad movie. Don't see this movie. And I think, wasn't that was Buddy Epson or like some kind of like... Well, uh, Eddie Albert, you know. Eddie Albert, Green right. Acres. Yeah, Green Acres, which like, is the superior Hill, Beverly Hillbillies. Right. Uh, I prefer that over that. Yeah, so he... Did, he's the evil dean, and during the festival the medical school have where everyone dresses up as parts of the face, uh, they seek revenge. So, yeah, it's terrible. We're going to keep going. Uh, Brimstone and Treacle was our movie on October 10th. October 10th, 2021. Uh, it is a 1982 movie based on the Dennis Potter. Very somber, depressing, yeah. content warning, trigger warning, mm-hmm. uh, sexual uh, assault movie basically yeah you know there is a guy so young sting cons his way into a household right with with a family that has a daughter that is kind of just disabled yeah Yeah. disabled and and can't really get out of the bed and he's so charming and oily and the 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 parents are so disconnected from everything at this point it makes them gullible yeah well, the, he, this guy's really gullible. He becomes a nanny and he f- completely aggra- assaults her. And uh, yeah. basic, basically, he kind of integrates his, the family into the family and the family breaks apart until he leaves and he gets suckered at the end. 
Right. Until he and he does get suckered, right? Yeah. Or at least he, it's implied. Yeah, a cat, a sting like cat walks up to sting himself at the end of this movie and says, Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Hey, I remember you from the army, the navy, the military. Yeah. <laughs> Shanty? Yes, Shanty. The only reason why we watched that movie is I thought it was the Frankenstein movie with Jennifer Beale and Sting, Uh The Bride. I was like, oh shit, The Bride is on there. Yeah, Brimstone, that was the Frankenstein's monster, right? Uh, And then, no, so. That thing, it got, it got like, he made it like a big deal because he was in it. And so, Money was made from the film. That's right. The, the police had a song that was a hit from the, the movie. Yeah, they had also. It, it was yeah. It was called "Spread a Little Happiness," and he was the template for the character Constantine in the DC universe of comic books. Right, the Alan Moore chain smoking. Uh, he's he's part of Justice League Dark. Carl, get with the times. Uh, he yeah, was, was introduced a, in Swamp Thing. That's right. Yeah, well, Alan Moore was writing it at the time. That's how he got the credit. And also, it was Keanu Reeves' movie. Give it a right. time. Yeah. I'd never finished that movie. Uh, our next movie is one of my top five. I keep saying top five. It's probably six by this point of this list. Hostage Hotel. Carl, yeah. Hostage Hotel from 1999. We watched yeah. that on October 17th. Awful film. Don't watch it. If you're, don't do this at home. Okay. Yeah, you know, watch it with us. It's basically Burt Reynolds had a series of made-for-TBS or TNT movies where he played a particular character, like a cop or detective. And each movie, and he had like Brian, was it Brian Dennehy? The, yeah. Not Dennehy. No, no, it no. wasn't. Please tell me the guy's name. We always mess that up. Hal Needham. No, well, Hal Needham's a director. Oh, right, right. I'm so sorry. It was Charles Dunning. Charles Stunning, Stunning, yeah, Stunning. He he looked better, uh, you know. Uh, he uh, so you mentioned Hal Needham. Hal Needham, of course, is the famous director of Stuntman, who directed yeah. Soaking the Bandit, Stroker Ace, several movies with Burt Reynolds. Right. In this movie, he is uh, has the Alan Smithy moniker. This is directed by Alan Smithy. He disassociated himself from this TV movie. There is a hostage situation in a hotel. They call Burt Reynolds. Oh, Brian. It's horrible. He uh, stands up from the he table. Like, move. He looks like me behind you. That's how bad that guy was. Uh, these are all, uh, so yeah, all right, less said the better, but I do like that movie a lot. Oh, that's me at Sketchfest, yeah. See, I look like Brian Dennehy in all these. Oh, that's me in The Godfather. Oh, we're, we're doing a video thing. Oh, yeah, it's Carl. All right, we're gonna keep going. Yeah, that was a disaster. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, no, it's a beautiful club, and I, I did it wrong. Uh, on October 24th, uh, I we watched. Uh, I we watched Hilt from 1979, which is a Brooke Shields movie. Right, uh, no stranger to us. Uh, and she was really good in this. She was literally 14 years old, and she, uh, you know, it was like Thunderground, but with pinball. So instead of doing street fighting, she would go and uh, go to the arcade and hustle uh, dudes. 
Uh, and then yeah. himself says, Hey, you're hustling. Let's go. And, uh, got well, know, I mean, he kind of, uh, there was the, no, I think you're right. She hustled a little bit. Yeah, you're right. No, no, I think, yeah, but she, he saw potential and he kind of groomed her. exploited her. Yeah. Uh, and to become, uh, and he gets a cut of it. So, you know, and ultimately she meets the king of pinball himself who has his own like warehouse where he has his pinball machines and they do some serious betting. Charles uh, Durning again. Charles Durning again. He looks a little better in this movie, 1979. Yeah. So this is 20 years prior to his he, he appearance. Just, he was just as fat. He could walk. He could get around. You know what I mean? He had mobility. Uh, I, I'm, I, you can see me on the video. Just poor guy. Anyway, you know, it used to, you were showing video, uh, pictures of myself, and I'd look just as big as Denny. So no, I wasn't uh, seeing that. Listen, yeah. he was in Meatballs Three Summer Job. He was that guy, really? in the doorman. At oh, that's the right. Gates of Heaven. Yeah, uh, that's a good movie. So Tilt was pretty good. I, I liked it. I she, thought it was pretty good, and and uh, she was fourteen years old. I mean, she she held yeah. the movie. October thirty first, Halloween. We kicked it with the remake, How to Make a Monster, from 2001. But was it really a remake? It was its own film. I think it was Cinemax or one of those cable companies had a deal with How to Make a Monster was from 1958. And we actually watched it. It's a terrific film, real head up its own ass type of film where a horror movie company a film production company this is movie about a movie no that, no no it's, it's they're making a video game well so i was just talking about the original the original oh, was a yeah 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 the original was like this guy who's uh makeup. national pictures yeah he would do like a werewolf makeup uh, and he would also drug the actors so they would wear the makeup and murder and kill. murder werewolf in los angeles so in the 2001 remake, and this was, so they took a series of these American international picture movies and reimagined them or remade yeah. them for the premium cable company, which I think is Cinemax. It's like, when you hear it, you just go, oh man. And one of them was How to Make a Monster with Julie Strain and from 2001. Yeah, Julie Strain, right. And she, she actually, she's topless, right? They got she's the cable. definitely topless. She's the only one. Jump. Yeah, they make her jump. That's what this movie's about. So these video game uh, programmers create a monster. They make a monster in the video game who comes out in real life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because of a lightning strike. Yeah, and then they, they defeat him in his video game world. And for people who ever played a video world. game, yeah, or fans of 20-year-old graphics will really appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. the... Uh, lawnmower man virtuosity quality of uh of this monster they defeat they basically hit the space bar a couple of times and he's like (laughs) yeah clea duvall right who we saw in wildflowers wild oh right yeah yeah wildflower from the petaluma movie with the yeah with daryl yeah beep beep (laughs) and (laughs) kareem prince was uh the he was in Men in White. We saw him as a he. He was a famous Power Ranger. Right, uh, that's right. Also, Colleen Camp, who we know from the Rosebud Beach Hotel. Yeah, and, and a lot of other from, movies from from Wayne's World. 
and but you personally know from a police academy for uh, citizens on parole. She, she was, was terrific. She was with Tackleberry, I believe. Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Well, okay, it's uh, so it was, it was also, good. Well, okay, okay. So on November seventh, we watched Limit Up, nineteen eighty nine, and um, this was Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. This is an interesting movie. Uh, the director made of it's a Chicago based film from the eighties. It yeah. had. Uh, if you like Training Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, this is another commodities comedy starring Saturday Night Live's Vanessa uh, uh, Vance. Uh, the late, uh, De- Danita Vance. Danita Vance. Uh, yeah. Danita Vance and Brad Hull were on uh, SNL during the 80s. And right. They show up. And Dean Stockwell's in this film. And there's another, like, yep. big week guy. Uh, oh, but, there's Rance Howard, the father of... Uh, yeah, of uh, Clint Howard. Howard. But also like... Dean Stockwell. Ray, and Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. That's a big one. Yeah, and the Ray Charles is in it. So basically, this Nancy Allen has an opportunity. She, her dream is to become a commodities trader, get off the floor. And uh, she gets carrots dangled in front of her. And she meets like a young like Brad Hall, and they play cute. But one day, she meets uh, Denise Vance, who's like says you know fuck everyone do it your own way well because she's the devil she pretends yeah so yeah it comes out that she has magical powers and she's like just fucking she's fucking things up and she's showing up nancy grace allen's life and uh then it gets like so it's like this you know it's that's so weird but then it gets into this like socialist i don't know what was the deal like they well, go yeah, to, like okay. so this she shows up and like I'm a demon. I want yeah. you to make the price of soybeans go up to the roof. Right, because limit up. This movie was educational. It was an edutainment movie. I really do feel like this guy was trying to make his point. They literally had a point where a woman in a classroom talked about you know the politics yeah. of commodity trading, and you're like, what's this movie doing? But limit up, if I remember, is that if you sell too much soybeans or the price gets too crazy? Yeah, if the price gets too crazy and you see that there's going to be a crash, essentially, you make a limit. You just say no more trading. And there's also limit down. So she thinks that this devil woman wants her to make people, you know, cause famines. So what she connives to do is screw herself over in her career and everything and make the price go down, limit yeah. down. And limit that down. way it would be super cheap and it would feed all of the hungry people in these different continents because right. the price was so cheap they dump it to make the price stable. And that's what she does. And then at the end, the event's like, okay, great. I'm, don't worry about it. I'm not going to get you. You you passed the test or whatever. She was an angel. The she was an angel. Was. And she was Ray reporting Charles. to Ray Charles all this whole time, who I guess he was God. And Ray Charles, you know, this it was like the magical Negro. And and I again. Uh, I don't uh, know that stereotype you mentioned all throughout the episode. Yeah, I just. Talk to you about it. It's just who, like this. This what play, uh, movie has the magical Negro? What uh, Legend of Vagar Vance for that Will Smith movie? He helps. Uh, uh, the, okay, the that's kind of modern. You're talking like there's always Green Mile, but I mean it's it's a trope, as they say. It's a cliche, you know. And okay. it's just I didn't I didn't remember that when I saw the movie back in the day. Right. Uh, I you also saw it on remember, an airplane. Yeah, I know, and then I never seen it again, and now it's on YouTube. So God yeah, bless on that's that. That's the show. And I, I like you know, it was, I like both the, the SNL actors. Uh, you know, it was great to see both of them again, and uh, uh, in, in a movie. But it was, yeah, and then just like 
the funny thing I remember about that movie is that Ray Charles is out in the streets and he has a saxophone and he's playing yeah. in front of a brick wall of a building. Right. And he finally has the opportunity to perform in a club in Chicago. And the back the back wall is a brick wall. And it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> could you get you curtains? <laughs> well, that's Slim It Up. It's a strange movie. Uh, and the, you know what? The director himself posted it on his YouTube channel. And so, and not much, you know, more more discussions about commodities, I guess, or politics, or what have you. But that was pretty interesting. Uh, all right. The next one you have to lead because it was a switcheroo. On November 14th, we watched The Defective Detective with Jerry Lewis. Yeah, and it has several other uh, AKA uh, movie titles. But this is the one where you could find it on YouTube. And it was great find on YouTube. You know, Jerry Lewis in the 80s made two films in France. And one of the agreements was, don't you ever show it in the United States. Well, it's YouTube. is Everyone can see it. Uh, and basically, he is a Las Vegas cop. He probably just caught Stella Stevens from Nutty Professor. <laughs> you know, they were Nutty Professor again. Wow, that's weird. The co-stars of Nutty Professor both played Las Vegas, well, criminal and cop, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like the Las Vegas heat. Anyway, I'm rambling. He lands in Paris. He lands in France. And he sees his fan- He loves his opera star. And he sees her in yeah. the airport. He's like, I don't love you. And he pulls out a cassette player. He's there because he's visiting his ex-wife and yeah. her new husband, who picks him up at the airport. He's like a famous French guy. and uh, But in this movie, he's just a deadpan clown. And they get into trouble, but he's also a They cop. do fish burger stuff. Yeah, they like, they are quibble over the TV set and food. And, uh, you know, they sit by a swimming pool and try to have dinner and shit like that. A lot of like slapstick. Crawling off the roof. You know, Jerry was flipping an egg. He was making breakfast and from the skillet. And he it doesn't come and he looks up. It doesn't fall. The the guy comes in, has a conversation, and <laughs> lands on his head. <laughs> We're laughing, but it wasn't good, the movie. But then the movie, like, I did the research, but I, to this day, I don't understand the plot. I just don't get it. I think, like, there's a corrupt French cop who wants yeah, the French cop husband to... They wanted uh, to smuggle this art, you see. Yeah, the opera, opera singer, singer is actually an art form. Right, yeah. Yeah, they into counterfeit art. They sell the counterfeit art. They don't forge it. Uh, and they were going to get Jerry to, they're going to put the painting in his, it was one of those weird movies where they clash and then Jerry leaves halfway through, but he doesn't leave. And then he, <laughs> and then they, he crashes the opera, uh, Mr. Magoo style. Uh, as a Jerry Lewis fan, I definitely recommend seeing it because what? you don't have the opportunity to see. It's not good, but it's an, it's rare to see all his films. Even- Next week, uh, the following week on uh, uh, November 12th, uh, 21st, we watched Hardly Working from 1980. Jerry Lewis, again, a comeback film for him. The original yeah. jerk. He was. That's their ad campaign. The year after the jerk made money, he yep. came back. Yeah. Now, the best thing at, that I liked about this film was all that wind, all that rust. Oh, it drives trees. me crazy. They're the out in Florida. Florida. Yeah, the trees are going. Jerry's talking, his hair's flapping. Can't stand that. Uh, he uh, it was a clown. He, Him and Billy Barty had an act. Uh, the boss comes in after a show. They, hey, it's, I see cry. me in my tent. Hey, it's the boss. Yeah, hey, I want you to see me in my tent. And you're fired. Yeah. yeah. Well, he told the, everyone. 
and yeah, we had a bad clown. Remember, there were all these different feelings for the film, different themes. It didn't make sense. It started off, oh, this movie's going to be about the sad clown. Then he becomes a reasonable individual who's out of work at his sister's house with right, Harry Mudd. And then when he gets his jobs, he's like, I am stupid. It does it's a very sense. long montage of him doing various jobs that you would get a stripper bart uh, bartender. Yeah. And then uh, Benny Hanna chef that not he only was so it, insulting. Was and it was so... the movie poster. <laughs> he does Asian stereotypes like so and so with the big buck teeth and yeah it's just so awful yeah uh well he then gets a job in the post office because it's always work at the post office and he had along this whole time he met a young lady and her the son and winds the green up girl in star trek yes the famous green girl that uh uh spock uh not spock captain kirk that encountered so yeah. uh uh, yeah, it's just so happened his new boss is the father of this girl, woman that he's been uh, yeah. courting this whole time Courting-ing. in Florida. Yeah. Uh, November, yeah. November 28th, we watched Finders Keepers from 1984, one of two Finders movies. This one was actually Richard Lester, a little known film from the director of Hard Day's Night and Rick Superman. Lester. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's basically a very strange and but broad uh grifter comedy where you know not only did the hero was a grifter but he was raised by a grifter who shows up two thirds junior yeah and he shows up like not even halfway through the movie like towards yeah. the end of it but he does great if you're a fan of richard lester i've never even heard of this film so i was kind of glad to see it it's definitely a full-on kind of floppy feel to it if you want to see jim carrey like not being jim carrey just pretending he's a yeah. dumb guy then this is the film for you. In December, December 5th, just a couple of weeks ago, we watched Massacre at Central High. This movie is a strange film. And you would figure that he, there would be guns involved. There's no guns involved. There yeah. is sabotage of wind jammers. There's uh, explosive. It's supposed to be a massacre film, but there's no slashing. There's no yeah. bloody murder. He it's does bombs. clever... He does clever little tricks, bombs. Dynamite rock slide, right? Dynamite yeah. avalanche. Right, yeah, like perfect timing. It just so happens. And he went to the hang glider and he undid the do not electrocute button. <laughs> yeah, they had a do not electrocute button and he disabled it. Yeah. So when the guy was going to electrocute, he kept pressing the button and it goes click, 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 click. What this damn thing? He oh, sabotages a, a paraglider and... So the paraglider loses control and goes to electrical wire. Like the, the perfect timing, he hits the wire. It, it is uh, outrageous. And you know what? It's, this movie is like, we have favorites. Uh, this is like the our listeners' favorites. I mean, we have uh, one of our listeners, Jill, brought recommended up, it. Yeah, but everyone I know, like uh, my friends are like, oh, you did that movie? That's a great movie. So it's like a lot of people like that movie a lot. On December 12th, we watched An American Werewolf in Paris only because yeah. it was on YouTube. And that's from 1997. Right. It was a uh, belated sequel to the early 80s American Werewolf in London. Julie, Julie Depley. Oh, yeah, Depley. You know, she was also in Kill Bill. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she she was. I, I read about her after we talked about her on the show because I was like, I can't believe I wasn't that prepared because I know she did two days in Paris and two days in New York with uh, Chris Rock, and I think she was in another movie with Chris Rock, and that's why she picked them. Yeah, she this movie she hated making it. She only did it because she had to pay rent. She said, "I'll never do Hollywood movies again," which wasn't true. But but she did walk away. You yeah. know, she meant it at the time. Um. And this also had, um, I, I had a celebrity comedian countdown with Craig Loigren, who was invited to be on the podcast, but he didn't make it. So he did the countdown. He really would have been good on this. He really, uh, he enjoyed this film, but he didn't like the computer graphics. Well, it he was did. one of those new movies back in the day that was using computer graphics. It wasn't right. just Godzilla that was doing it back in 97 or Congo. It was also American World. And what were the special effects? They bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower? No, the special, I mean, yes, but that, that could have been practical. I don't well, know, it's you right, but it's the werewolves that were. Yeah, that was, so, you know, yeah, the first movie was well known for its Rick Baker practical, and this one was computer generated. Right. Uh, yeah. I also, like, he had buddies who was American in Paris, and he was with some bros, you know,